welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. We're going to continue our series called What Happens Next? What Happens Next? And where we are in the narrative in Scripture is that we are after the resurrection of Jesus, but before his ascension to heaven. And we're looking at what happens in that 40-day period together, and we're asking that as a question, what happens next? But we're also saying, this is what happens next. And what happens next in our own lives as followers of Jesus or folks who are curious about faith or curious about the person of Jesus, what happens next? So what? So Jesus rose from the grave. What happens next? This is what happens next. And today, what we're going to do is begin a little mini-series within the larger series to close the series. How about that? And we're going to call it Send and Rise. Send and Rise. Because we're looking at the Great Commission and the Ascension of Jesus. And the reason that we're doing that is because those two events, the Great Commission of uh, the church, essentially, and the ascension of Jesus are intertwined in such a way that you cannot have one without the other. You cannot. And so they're so intertwined, they act as like bookends to the story of what happens next. So this morning in the Send and Rise mini-series will be Send. We're talking about the Great Commission this morning. And this is one of my favorite things to speak on because, as you know, we're very much an outward-focused church. We're bringing life to the city. We believe that Jesus rose from the dead and put life inside of us, and his message and presence has the power to transform not just individuals but whole entire communities and nations and the world and will one day be the reality that we live in. So, the Great Commission. What is the Great Commission? Well, we're going to read about it here in a second. But as I found myself reading about the Great Commission, I found myself asking, how are ordinary people like you and me supposed to go about fulfilling the Great Commission? How are we to do that? It's this thing, this broad scope of going and making disciples out of all nations. How are ordinary people like you and I supposed to go about doing that? Well, let's read. We're going to be in Matthew 28. If you have your Bible or your phone and you wanted to turn or swipe there with me. And Matthew is writing after the resurrection, after the fish on the beach, after the reinstatement of Peter. Didn't Jason do a wonderful job last week? So good. So wonderful. Yeah. And we read this in Matthew 28, starting in verse 18. Then Jesus came to them, to the eleven, and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. 
And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So how are ordinary people supposed to go about this great commission? And I have a feeling that it's called the Great Commission, not because it's great news that we carry, but because of the scope of what's happening. The Great Commission. This is a daunting task. How are we supposed to go about making disciples of all nations? Jesus, it's tough enough making a disciple out of me. And here you are saying that we're to make disciples of all nations, all people. Well, the first thing that we pick up here in verse 18 is authority and mission. Authority and mission. Authority and mission are intertwined because we're seated with Christ, Paul says, in other sections of Scripture. The, the great co-mission, the great commission, flows from the ascension of Jesus. Jesus ascends to the highest place and then says of himself... Here in the Great Commission, I've been given all authority. And so our mission is intertwined with the authority of Jesus, but that authority that rests on Jesus is the same authority now that he's given to you. The same authority, the same peace, all all the good stuff of Jesus that he carried as he walked on earth now rests in you if you claim Jesus as Lord. All of the peace, all of the love, all of the hope and freedom that Jesus released while he was here on earth now rests on you. It's a pretty daunting task, making disciples of all great nations. How are we supposed to do that? Jesus says, I've given you a tool. It's called authority. In Matthew 10, Jesus says this. He says, after calling his disciples to him, he gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease, every disease and sickness, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you've received, freely you give. This is the how of the Great Commission. Authority is the how of the Great Commission. This is how we're to do that. Say, that's great. Let's break it down a little bit further. At Vineyard Cleveland, we like to call this that we are carriers of the, king, the climate of the kingdom of God. More theological jargon. We are carriers of the rule and reign of God here on the earth. When we say kingdom of God, you'll hear it a lot at Vineyard, or you should. What we mean is the rule and reign of God here on the earth. Sit in that for a second. That grand story of God is now squished in the cavity of your chest. You carry the presence of the future reality inside of your heart. And that's good news. That's good news because in that I hear that I don't have to just waste my days away that there's purpose on me, there's mission on me, and how I advance the rule and reign of God or usher in the rule and reign of God to others is through the authority of Jesus resting on my life. We could talk more about that. Let's move on. Yeah, so everywhere we go then, 
as carriers of this kingdom, as carriers of the rule and reign of God, everywhere we go, we release that. It's not something that we have to prime the pump and get ready to be all spiritual and go heal sick people. And, you know, it's building a fence. It's asking a coworker if I can pray with you right now. The same authority then, the same authority now. Yeah, and everywhere we go, we release the story that God is still writing. We're a part of that story, and God desires every person to be a part of his story as well. Now, when it comes to, share, it comes to authority and sharing life and making disciples of Jesus, many people think that the early church was different from the church today. And this is simply not true. The great commission that rested, the same one that rested on them, rests on us today. The, the major difference, if there was one, would be that the early church had complete confidence in a resurrected Jesus. And they were filled, filled to overflowing with the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's another way to put it. There is an authority resting on your life if you claim Jesus. You are loved. You are chosen. You are set apart. You are cherished by a loving Father who has purposed you to bring life to those around you by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not a missionary, I'm not a pastor. Get over yourself. You are loved. You're loved. You're cherished. And so you go, you, care, you can't help but carry the climate of the kingdom with you wherever you go. You can't decide because you think you're unworthy to carry the kingdom of God that you don't carry it anymore. Do you see what I'm saying? You can't turn it on and off like a light switch. When you go in, there's a light that shines from your eyes and you, you probably can't see it. There's a light that shines out of you, that emanates out of you because you have Jesus living inside of you. You don't get to say, I'm going into this sector of culture or this section of my family. And so, you know, I'm just going to turn this off. You can't help it. You're loved. You're cherished. Authority and mission. Okay, going is looking for the story of God and others. Going is looking for the story of God and others. Jeff reminded us a few uh, weeks back that we're to pray that God would open our eyes to his activity and those around us. Jesus says in verse 19, Therefore, go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Therefore, go. Therefore, why for? Therefore, because of the authority that he's been given. Because he's, his name, as we sang this morning, you just sang it this morning, your name is above any other name. So all authority has been given to Jesus. Therefore, you don't have to be afraid anymore. You can go knowing that Jesus goes with you. More on that in a second. You know, God is at work. Going is looking for the activity of God. God is at work in the lives of every single person around you all the time. 
But many times we look around at those folks around us and we think to ourselves, God is nowhere near that person. They are so far from God. And that might lead us to pray for them and say, oh, they're so far from you, God. Look at the way that they live their lives. They need you. God, would you save them? There's no way God is working in that person's life. God, did you, did you just see the way that that person cut me off on 480? There is no way God is involved in that person's life. Save them, Jesus. They need saved. That person is going 45 miles an hour in the fast lane on 71. God is not in their lives. That, that person, did you hear what that person said, Jesus? That person just said that the Golden State Warriors were going to defeat the Cavs again in the finals. God is nowhere near that. How could God's activity be anywhere in that person's life? But in, in all seriousness, we do this. We do this. And we, when we do this, we rob the gospel of its power because we fail to notice the unfolding of God's story in others. We, essentially, we miss out on our part in the Great Commission when we look at the people God has placed in our lives and don't acknowledge God's purposes for them. Another way to say this is that if you and I want to see the Great Commission happen, if we want to see all people, every tribe, tongue, and nation come to worship Jesus, the great story of God unfold in the lives of those around us, we must be willing to see the activity of Jesus in every single person, even when it looks like from the outside nothing or very little is happening. We cannot actively go, Jesus says, therefore go. We cannot actively go if we're unwilling to see the activity of God in the lives of those around us. We must notice, we must acknowledge that he's at work and he wants to use us to bring life if only we'd go. And sometimes we see as we go. And sometimes we go even when we don't see. But we have to acknowledge that God is at work, even if it doesn't seem like it, even if it doesn't look like it on the outside. God is unfolding his story in every single person's life on the planet. There's not one person on the earth that God is not working in. His desire to fill all things. Verse 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Therefore go and make disciples of the United States of America. No. Go make disciples of all nations. Every person, every person where the story of God is unfolding, every person. There's never a place too deep for God not to come and overflow. Ha, have you ever been to the beach, maybe on vacation, and 
Maybe you were with your kids and they want to build a sandcastle. And so you go close to the shoreline and you start digging for that sandcastle. What happens when you start digging close to the shoreline? The deeper that you dig, the water table rises. And pretty soon that sandcastle, plan A, is destroyed. And it, instead of a sandcastle, it becomes the moat. For the, you're like, okay, this is never going to stop. The ocean's endless, right? That's the point. This is the way that God is with us. There's no spot that's too deep where God won't rise the water table. He wants to fill to overflowing every empty space. He wants to fill everything. Overflowing. The challenge to us is, are we willing to dig deeper? Deeper into our communities, even when it hurts. Deeper into the Great Commission, even when we don't feel bold. And deeper into Jesus' presence, even when he puts his finger on tough things in our lives. The deeper we dig with God, the more we find his desire and his, the reality of him coming and filling our lives. He desires to fill the nations, all things. In Psalm 96, we read that we're to declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. And this is a special one for our church. Habakkuk 2.14 We read that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Will be filled. When you think about a God who keeps his promises every time, there's not one promise of God which will remain unfulfilled. By the time it's all said and done, every single promise of God will be fulfilled. And after it rains, there's a rainbow in the sky to remind us that God is faithful and he keeps his promises. And he's saying here that there will be, there will be a reality one day where the whole of the earth, not one empty stream bed, not one muddy pond, not one delta, not one lake, not one river, not one ocean, won't be filled with the glory of God. That's the expanse of the covering and the filling that God wants to bring and will bring one day. This is the reality that we're headed towards. The knowledge of the glory of God covering the earth. No hurt. This means, this means, what does this mean? That's like, that's a mouthful. Look at that. The earth will be filled. Let's sit in that for a minute. Okay. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of, God, of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That's a lot. This is what it means. This means that there's no hurt, there's no pain, there's no wound that is too vast, too deep. too wide for the ascended Jesus to cover, fill, and heal with his presence. All things, if his desire 
is to fill all things. All things is all things. All pain and all suffering. His desire is not just to, for you to come to church and experience maybe a, an emotional transformation inside and, and he's filled you and so we're good. Jesus and I are good now. Not going to hell, going to heaven. I'm in, check. Rather, his desire is to fill all things all things, every corner, every street, every heart, every mind, every business, every school system, every judiciary system, every sector of government, every second, every minute, every place, every space with his presence. That's the desire of the Father. And the challenge to us today is can we hear the Father speaking that over us? Can you hear the Father speaking his desire to fill all things? Fill all things. Which then we feel the responsibility of on the other side of it. Because then when we see an empty space, we say, that's not the way that God, that's not what God wants. That space is empty. That space is lonely. That space is broken. That family's broken. That school system's broken. We see an empty space and we hear the Father's heart, I desire to fill all things. You see how the responsibility, like, then it flips on us. Because something that we're seeing is incongruent with the culture that's been planted in our hearts. Because the culture that's been planted in our hearts is the culture for the impossible to take shape. And the, the impossible things in the city of Cleveland are nearly synonymous with the things that are empty. And so when we see an empty thing, his desire in us says, fill, fill, presence, lifeless, bring life, hopeless, bring hope. Wheels are turning. I can see it as you guys are looking at me right now. Is this unfolding for you right now? It's incongruent. The empty things are incongruent now. That doesn't line up with the culture that I feel beating in my chest. I'm hearing the Father fill all things, all things, all things, all things. I want to fill all things. I want to fill, I want to fill creativity in Cleveland. I want to fill entrepreneurship in Cleveland. I want to see businesses come to life. I want to see children supply the destiny of the city. There's an early missionary, his name is William Carey. He had the same outlook on Habakkuk 2.14. He gave his life to a minister in India. And he and friends were there in India for five years. And after five years, they finally made their first convert. Five years. And William Carey is one of the greatest missionaries I 
have read about ever. After five years, they finally made their first convert. And here's what they said. He said, you guys, that joke is so outplayed. I've, I've already gotten more mileage out of it than I should. They say, um, he, he said this after they got their first convert. They said, he was only one, but a continent was coming behind him. The divine grace which changed one person's heart can change the hearts of a hundred thousand. That's the scope. That's why this gospel is different from what you might hear throughout the landscape of evangelical America because it's the gospel that Jesus preached and the gospel that Jesus preached is the gospel of his rule and his reign coming here. It's the kingdom of God for all the nations. And that's why it's different than what you will hear across the landscape. His desire to fill all things. And how wonderful it is that the filling of all things, the rising of all things, is not just about the great man of God in the middle. Precisely the opposite in the kingdom. It's ordinary people like you and me and in our kids who get to usher in the kingdom of God in ordinary ways. In every other sector of life, it's, it's not that way. It's the great men who get remembered, mostly American and mostly white. Isn't it? Those are the people who get remembered. It's the powerful. It's those who have means. Not so in the kingdom. Mm-mm. The people who get remembered in the kingdom are the prostitutes who anoint Jesus' feet. that make any sense? <laughs> yeah. Which leads to, so how, how do we fill all things? <laughs> Again, a daunting task. Lastly, we partner with God. We partner with God. In verse 20, we read that we're to teach them and Uh, to obey everything that Jesus has commanded us. And here's the key. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. I'm with you always. I'm with you always. I'm with you always. Our hearts are so faint. Maybe that's why we hear Jesus saying it so often in Scripture. How many times throughout this book do we hear from the lips of God, I'm with you. I'm with you. He's the God who's with us. He's Emmanuel, God with us. We get to partner with God in the Great Commission. I can't emphasize this enough. As such a crucial piece of the culture that God is forming here at our church at Vineyard Cleveland. This is a unique piece of our culture that you would be hard-pressed to find anywhere else. That we partner with God We do not serve a taskmaster 
slave-driving God. We partner with the loving Father, with the power of the Holy Spirit, and with Jesus, the friend who sticks closer than a brother. That's who we're in relationship with. Yeah, at Vineyard Cleveland, we don't work to earn God's favor. There's nothing that you could do any better to make him love you any more or any less. We don't work to earn his favor because we recognize that it already rests on our lives. We already have it. A lot of times we go looking for high fives from God. God, give me a high five. Hey, look at me. I'm wearing my city serve shirt. How many holy points do I get for that, God? Check it out. And sure, he's like, high five, Eben, but like, you've already got, you've already got my smile. How can he earn something that's already been given to you? We release the thing we carry from a place of friendship and partnership with God. And Paul puts it this way. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, that's us, the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the ticket. Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is partnering with God. Paul doesn't say some of God in some of you. He doesn't say lots of God in a little of you. He doesn't say a little of God and lots of you. He doesn't say none of God and lots or none of you. He simply says Christ in you. That's the deal. Christ wants every part of you and I. He wants us to overflow in our lives so we spill out into our communities and bring the life that he's planted within us. That's partnership with God. All of him in all of you. This is how we walk in authority and mission. All of him in all of us. This is how we go and make disciples. All of Jesus. We got the goods. When Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave, he gave everything he had to us. Everything that rested on him now rests on us. All of Christ in all of us. This is how we go make disciples. This is how we live out his desire to make all things new. All of him and all of us. We partner with him. We want, we want that sometimes. Sometimes we want a taskmaster God who's going to drive us. Do more things that are good. Do less bad things. And the father says, I won't do it. That's not who he is. That's the only power structure we're used to. We react out of that power structure. But the father says, I won't do it. He always leads out of love. How are we to go and make disciples of all nations? Drive them, drive them, drive them. No, love them, love them, love them. All of Christ in all of you. You have everything that you need. You don't need to go looking to the anointed man of God. You don't need to find some secret sauce that's going to unlock destiny in your life. You have it. 
The story of God is being unfolded in your life in a unique way. And has put, he's put people around you in such a way that you can unfold the story of God in their lives. All of Christ in all of you. Listen to this. We'll close. This is Paul to the church of Ephesus. He ex- the power he exerted... When the power that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and all authority, power and dominion, and every name that's invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is the body. The fullness of of him all of Christ the fullness of him who fills everything in every way that's pretty airtight the fullness the fullness of him who fills everything in every way Jesus gentle authority resting on us Jesus loving presence residing in us and Jesus great mission flowing out of us amen Let's stand.